The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. Hope you had a good weekend. Things very busy uh, with the Noble family. Need a break from my break, apparently. But it's good to be back. Hope you had a good weekend. And uh, we are going to roll into a full Money Monday here. We're trying to get David connected with Zoom. And uh, well, now now we got Zoom there. We, we'll try Zoom. Let's see if we can get him on Zoom. You got him there on Zoom, Josh? If I can get this bug from flying around in my face. That's never good during a live show when you got a bug flying around. Uh, do we have David? I see David. I have you on Zoom. Oh, now I can see you. I can hear you. I think he's switching headphones. There we go. There you go. We got Zoom after all. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. So your Zoom uh, just decided to update, correct? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Don't you love that? Hey, we're going to go live now and Zoom updating to version 5. whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's good to see you. How you doing? I'm doing great, my brother. That's good to hear. And uh, we have a busy day ahead of us and uh, a lot going on. I mean, it was pretty wild on Friday. I mean, the up 700 points, it uh, gave some of that back today, down 200 points, but but... It's great to be have you here. Thanks for coming. But what in the world was going on on Friday? That was crazy. So most of it, some of it was a um, a job report uh, that we added three hundred thirty nine thousand jobs, more than expected. And most of those jobs were foreign jobs, by the way, which kind of makes me wonder what's going on <laughs> with the Americans here, um, citizens. But uh, this most of the the, the increase of the seven hundred points, Steve, was because they. The uncertainty of the debt ceiling deal was hanging there, and then they finally came to you know a vote and passed it. And right. So then the market says, "Oh, no more uncertainty. Let's let's go up and let's uh, rally on that one day." It was the biggest biggest rally in the Dow uh, uh, all year long. So that was a, a nice thing to see. I'm getting a lot of questions though from my um, people that call into our company from various radio talk show hosts because uh, I'm on multiple programs, yeah. uh, why aren't stocks breaking down? So I thought we could actually talk about that too, you know, because there's, you know, my clients aren't anti-stock, just like you're not and I'm not. Right. But they're they're thinking, you know, hey, they've been talking about a recession, talking about a recession, talking about a recession. It's not quite year, here yet. So the, the answer to this is really simple, the government. Hmm. So you have the Fed fighting inflation. Uh, but the government is not. The government is doing the opposite. And this is what Jerome Powell said about three months ago before Congress. He said, you know, the the, the government needs to stop spending, I'm paraphrasing, and because that causes inflation. So the Fed has been raising rate, rates. They're now engaging in a thing called quantitative tightening for the most part, although I have another report out today that they said something different recently. But uh they're trying to get inflation under control, but the government's doing the opposite. They're running a two-plus trillion dollar deficit, spending deficit, despite record tax uh, 
recording of tax tax revenue coming yeah, revenue. in. Yep. Revenue. So the the expected revenue is should be more than enough to pay for our spending, but our spending's out of control. We're going to be at six point three uh, trillion dollars is the estimate. Um, but um, Uncle Sam, it isn't helping out in the spending, and there's like there's no tomorrow. And so it's also happening on the state, local, and county level. Check this number out: fifty states, uh, two point one. Or excuse me, $1.2 trillion in 2023. That's a 6.7% increase from last year. And last year was a 18% increase from 2021. Wow. And 2021 was the largest in history. So we're spending through the roof on a federal, a state, and local level. This is highly inflationary. Yeah. And the Fed's trying to tame inflation, but the market likes this throwing money into the system and that's what's causing the market to do some of these rallies short term so are the the fed versus the federal government is it hatfields and mccoys are they just firing back (laughs) across the same field at each other and they're pulling in opposite directions that's what it seems like is going on there great analogy i'll have to use that i'm doing it on the radio (laughs) on denver i'm going to use that thank you so much you're welcome (laughs) and that's what it seems because the fed's like oh we gotta we gotta keep the rates down we gotta fight inflation but yet the federal government just continues to spend more just like with the pseudo debt deal which i know we'll talk about some and we'll unpack some of that uh and all this uh, all the money that's just going down the toilet but they're they're literally pulling in opposite directions so it's not it's not helping this is what jerome powell said three months ago what he said five months ago he said this a year ago it's the thing that the fed is saying it almost like the fed wants to get away with what they're doing and pointing the thing the, their fingers at the government right but they're both guilty of this but now the fed's trying to reel in inflation the government's certainly not doing any of that now i heard talk the other day that uh based on what's going on they, they would they actually consider another interest rate hike this summer yeah there's a there's a very strong possibility that there will be one uh, one more and then it might be a, what you call one and done. And then huh. historically, three months later, the 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 turn happens or the reversal, yep. the pivot. And then they start we're lowering. Start rates. lowering interest rates, and then we're going to have quantitative easing. That's where we're headed. We will have quantitative easing. We're going to talk about later that in the yeah, program. You'll yeah. see how that affects everything. But yeah, that's where we're headed. That's so what the, the so what the Dow Jones obviously not having a great year. Uh, it's it's right around even right now, year to date. But the Nasdaq, however, has really had a had a strong year. I mean, year to, year to date, the Nasdaq's up twenty six percent. Any any yeah. interesting things going on there? That's just the tech sector. I know companies like Nvidia took off, but but Nasdaq that, that's it's totally different than the Dow. So it's about eight companies in the Nasdaq. We're talking Apple, Microsoft, yeah, you know the big tech companies, uh, Facebook. If this is not a broad, what you call a broad width market, it's right. very narrow right now. So it's, you know, even though the numbers like in the NASDAQ, it's up 26.5% to be exact. That's everybody goes like, wow, maybe I'll pour some money into, you know, tech stocks. Well, you yeah. got to pour it into the certain ones that right, are going right. up because there's a lot of tech stocks that are not going up. Yeah, it's not broad based. It's just a few here and there, but they're big enough that you see that kind of movement. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got the banks, debt limit, crazy things the government's spending money on. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. It is uh, the first Monday in June, Monday, June 5th. So we're doing a full Money Monday conversation with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. His website, as always, LandmarkGold.com, LandmarkGold.com. Been talking about the Dow Jones a little bit, which uh, went crazy on Friday. Gave some of that, a couple hundred points of that back today. Up 700 on Friday. And then uh, people... Thinking things are, and thinking in the shallow end of the pool, by the way, that, you know, they cut the debt deal last week. We averted that disaster and not realizing that that was just a tiny little rock that the big meteor is still out there in space flying right at us. But most people live pretty myopic lives. And so we don't really think about what's going to be happening on down the road. And so there was that little bump on Friday. Uh, and, and then also mentioned the NASDAQ, which is flying high this year, but that's just because of a few uh, of the big stocks, which can change the direction of the whole thing. But it's not that easy to find stock winners uh, this year so far. And so that's a that's a challenge. And like you said, David, we're, we're never on the show. If we've been anti-stock, we're pro-diversity, uh, pro-diversification of your yeah. of your uh, holdings uh, for your retirement, for your future. So you got to you got to be careful with that. And that's why we talk about all these different things, including uh, the, the banks and what's been going on with the banks, which has certainly had an impact on the stock market and uh, has concerned quite a bit of people. But uh, any important updates on the banking situation? Well, as you know, I've been saying on your program week after week, all these outflows of the money, billions and billions of dollars coming out of banks, mostly uh, regional banks and some small banks going into the large banks. So the Fed has done a number here. The Fed engaged what I call a uh, shocking seasonal adjustments. They converted uh, a little over $28 billion, $28.4 billion uh, came out of uh, small and large domestic banks, mostly regional banks. Yeah. Uh, the Fed reported this, but then they came out and said there's uh, been an inflow of 120 excuse me, $102 billion of inflow. So they just, let's put this into perspective. A non-seasonally adjusted deposit is an actual uh, flow of money versus a seasonally adjusted deposit isn't not a real asset yet until we look back and they do the, the final adjustment. Yeah. So the Fed has been kind of, I call it, putting a fog on the banking crisis situation, pulled the wool over our head depositors, investors, and recently, the Fed balance sheet jumped a record. Uh, I'm not referring to the, the general balance sheet. I'm referring to the Fed bank term funding program, which is the emergency money of cash to bail out banks. That sector sector of the balance sheet of the Fed spiked. And so this money that moved outflow of the banks funneled through the Fed into the deposits of other banks, they used and hypothecated that and made through the fractional reserve 10 times more money. They can do as much as that. Sure. They didn't do quite that. And now they're saying this, all this inflows is happening in this bank. And when then the Fed has just moved that money towards the emergency fund for banks that could be in trouble to bail them out, they will have some funding and they use these withdrawals of the deposits, the ones that went into other banks, they use that as an asset to to fund this program. So obviously that's a shell game in yeah, and of itself. That's exactly what I was just about to say. <laughs> and the Wall Street Journal kind of confirmed this by saying uh, the regulators, U.S. regulators, are going to tighten the rules now for large capitalization of banks. They're going to require more capitalization as much as 20%, which is a huge number. Yeah. Most banks have less than 10%. So they're going to more than double the amount 
of capitalization that big banks are required. Why? Because this confirms what we've been talking about. The FDIC doesn't have any money. Yeah. The FDIC did this special assessment fee, like we said here a few weeks ago, where they're requiring big banks like J.P. Morgan would pay $1.3 billion into the FDIC, a total of $50 billion to fund the FDIC so they can bail out the banks that are in trouble. So this program here that they're talking about that we're going to probably see next month come out with the Fed regulators and Congress will probably vote on this, I would say. I'm speculating his or future here now yeah. that they're going to require more funding as much as 20 percent capitalization of all large banks because obviously we have an underfunding problem in the whole banking sector. So this confirms exactly what I said. You're going to see big banks buy out small banks, yeah. and they're going to be have the money to do that. So this thing is going to probably pass Congress. Yeah, and it just uh, continues to uh, kind of boggle <laughs> the mind. And, and again, they, they, so much of what they do, whether we're talking about the banking crisis, the Fed, uh, them playing with the interest rates, messing around with the dollar, so much of this is just uh, driven by the reality of politics. They're always facing the next election. They try to massage things and make it. They, they don't like we did with the one video that's up on your YouTube channel. You know, they don't want the public to be fully informed. Transparency. Anytime yeah. anybody says anything in Washington, D.C. about transparency, it's just a lie. That's a joke. They're just throwing you a little thing. I tell the plebeians that we're going to be the most transparent uh, executive branch in the history of the country. Yeah, whatever. They're always lying. They're not transparent ever. Uh, let, let's jump over to this this deal from last week. Uh, some people are saying that the, the raising the debt ceiling caused what some people are calling fake spending cuts. So what are your thoughts on that? Because you raised the debt ceiling and, oh, it's not going to go up as high uh, as we thought. And so it looks like a spending cut. But that looks to me like it's kind of fake that they're playing with the numbers again. But what are your thoughts on what actually happened as a result of this bill? So there's three groups. President Biden is in group number one. He said or I'll do the Congressional Budget Office first because they got the largest number. The Congressional Budget Office said, Steve, that we're going to reduce spending by $1.5 trillion over the next 10 years. They've said these things before, <laughs> and yet the national debt just keeps ballooning. Right. So I don't know if that numbers is really right. President Biden was a little bit more conservative. On on his speech on Friday, he said we're going to save a, tri or a trillion dollars over the next 10 years. So he's about a half a trillion dollars more conservative than the CBO. Then there's a whole nother group of people like Goldman Sachs says, this is 0 0.1 to 0.2% spending reduction the first year. And then 2024 and 2025, we're going to have massive spending. Mike Lee, representative of Utah, yeah. he said, it's just a huge spending bill. Uh, Rand Paul said, this is just fake, fake spending cuts. It's not even close. I mean, I can go on and on through the, the congressional people that I highly respect not in everything, but at least when it comes to the spending of the yeah, government, yeah. I think they're spot on on this on this topic here, you know, which is totally against the Speaker of the House. He said it's the largest spending cut in Congress we've ever voted for in hint in history. So there's no way the federal government, Steve, can contain this, their, their spending. They love mm -hmm. to spend. Their spending limits, I think, are going to go through the roof. Uh, Congress has the gall to call this bill the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023. <laughs> and yet the truth is, oh. if the government was held accountable for false advertising, this is false advertising standards. Right. Let's keep our eye on the big picture. The deficit problem was here long before all this. In 2019, in the present the Trump administration, we ran a $984 billion deficit. The fifth largest at the time. Yep. We are now 
six uh, six months into this fiscal year, the Treasury announced we're at one point one trillion dollars. So yeah, six other, months in. Options. Yeah. So we're gonna well hold that thought. We're up against the break. We're gonna keep talking about the insanity of our debt. Does it really matter? What about unfunded liabilities in the future? We'll be right back. And now today's Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffers. Two thousand years ago, Jesus told us that He's coming back to this earth one day to right every wrong, to establish his kingdom, to reward the righteous, to punish the unrighteous. He said, behold, I am coming quickly. And yet he hasn't come yet. And we wait and we wait and we wait. With all of the global, racial, political unrest and division in our country, it's hard to wait. But don't forget this. With God, a promise delayed is not a promise denied. Jesus is coming back on that glorious day. That is a promise that has been made and will be kept by God himself. Pathway Minute is produced by Pathway to Victory. To access the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, here with David Fisher today from Landmark Capital, Landmark Gold. Dot com is his website, as always, landmarkgold.com, doing a full Money Monday, talking about some of these uh, ridiculous spending going on in D.C. This this what we're talking about right now, and then we're going to talk about the latest in uh, gold and silver markets and what's happening there relative to the broader market. Uh, but this isn't so much about uh, the here and the now in terms of the amount of money going into these grants and these contracts uh, with countries like Russia and China. It's the fact that we do it at all. But over the course of time, 10, 20, 30 years, all these a billion here and a billion there, that adds up. And the next thing you know, we're 31, about $31.5 trillion in debt. And it really was, as you mentioned earlier, David, kind of the frog in the pot. And this, But it has sped up massively since the Bush 43 administration. That's where you get a hockey, a hockey, a hockey stick graph where the amount of federal debt is just skyrocketing. It just takes a, it looks like a SpaceX rocket. It's just going along yeah. and then it goes straight up, which is exactly what's going on. But you had some, some specifics here. I think this was representative uh, Joni Ernst that was finding this, but just to give us an idea of how ridiculous this is, what, what are some of these details? So, yeah. And also that chart that you're referring to, I have that chart in my white paper called the coming bail and it talks mm-hmm. about the debt that's yeah. balloon. So if you call my company, get the, the um, the white paper you'll see the chart that Steve is referring to. Yeah, the coming um, bail. So, yeah, the coming bail-in. So Joni Ernst, a Republican, and open the books, a independent watchdog on the government, found one point three billion dollars. Four hundred ninety was in U.S. grants paid to the Chinese, and eight hundred and seventy million paid to the Russian entities. I'm not going to go through every penny, but here's some of the nonsense. Uh, hundred thousand dollars might not seem much. Hundred thousand dollars, a lot of money to you and I. Sure. But this was paid to a Chinese organization out of Beijing under the State Department grant. So in other words, it doesn't come directly to this organization. It's funneled through this all these series of organizations. Yeah. But when you finally track the, the crumbs, you see where the end of the trail is. The end of the trail is there's a New York magazine that does cartoons, and it's a gender quality equality magazine. This is in China. And in 2021, they uh, increased awareness for gender equality in women empowerment through an exhibition of works by women cartoonists in the 
called the New Yorker magazine in China. So there was a hundred thousand dollars given to that, fifty-one point six million dollars in a grant to the Department of Defense, uh, Defense, which resulted in a six million dollar funding to China, a tech firm, for the providing money for the deployment, distribution, command of software for the U.S. military. <laughs> so we wonder what. All they have to do is put, you know, spyware in there. And then, right. see how ridiculous China this providing is? software to the U.S. military. Right. No yes. problem. We have this, there's this debate over food lunches here in the United States. And there's the Chinese food producer was awarded $1.6 million by the Department of Agriculture for a national school lunch program. China got paid that money, in not China. the United States company. <laughs> $4.2 million in addition from Health Human Services Program at the government under that program, $770,000 was paid to an institution in St. Petersburg, Russia, called the Pavla Institution, which is a state-run lab to experiment cats running on treadmills. Mm. I mean, that, I'm, glad, need... I'm glad you brought that up, David, because we don't have enough information and data <laughs> from cats running on treadmills, especially Russian cats. I mean, that, that has to have an influence on what's happening in Ukraine. Yes. Speaking of Ukraine, the federal government wired $4.7 million to a Russian company for health insurance. We bought health insurance for the Russians. The company is called the PAO, and I can't pronounce the last name. It's a very long start with Rogosiktroch or something like that. It's an insurance company that was sanctioned by the Treasury Department amid the Korean invasion in 2022. We funneled $4.7 $4.7 million there. And also we granted $1.45 million to a grant in Russia for COVID pandemic Excellent. virus tracking. So there's more to it. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah, sickening yeah, that... that we just keep talking about it. $1.3 billion. And that's just the, t- the iceberg oh, yeah, according yeah. to the general accounting office. Yeah. And that stuff going to our enemies, not to mention uh, all the wasted money that happens with pork barrel spending. Uh, all over this country and all 50 states from uh, both sides of the aisle. They're all earmarking stuff all the time. It's really disgusting. Uh, let's switch. Let's set that aside just so we can breathe and and go to gold and silver. What's going on uh, in, the, in the latest news with gold and silver markets? So obviously there's a financial problem happening. And uh, Ray Dallow, he's a billionaire hedge mm-hmm. fund manager. I've quoted him before. Yep. He chimed in on this whole debt ceiling and he's advocating you got to diversify into gold he is saying that there's no way we're going to get out of this now and if when you look at and he's a guy who studies history and currencies that's his forte that's he shifted from being a fund manager to now he's getting the word out he has multiple videos saying we're headed towards a financial calamity and he came out and he says how all reserve coin all reserve currencies end they end because the, their debt is unmanageable yeah. and they're ignoring this problem. And he says, our country is right here right now. Central banks now are buying the most amount of gold. I said this report before. It also came out again. Another report that's saying the highest they've been buying ever since the 1950s. Wow. Doug Romshaw, he's not a gold guy who owns a gold company. He's just an analyst. And he's he's talking about the outlook on gold in an interview. He says, now we got inflation. Why isn't gold moving? Ramshaw was asked this. And his answer was, it's the strength of the U.S. dollar is a significant headwind right now for gold. But that's the last remaining headwind. Hmm. 
He says, I think 2023 offers far brighter outlook for gold than 2022. Gold went up 20%, 19 point something percent, 19.6% wow. in, in last year. And he's saying the movement in gold is going to be better this year. We're up 6.8%. So he's expecting a bigger move at the end of this year. And I'll quote the ending, the last quote, a guy named Rick Rule. I've quoted him before. He's a former CEO of Sprout Holdings. He's founder of Rick Rule Media Investments. Uh, so in other words, he is a researcher on Here's what he thinks is going to happen. The topic of gold, he says, quote, it's important to consider how far gold can go now. On May 10th, he said, due to the negative real interest rates, quantitative easing that's going to get ready to happen, debt and, de and deficits that are happening, all the things we talked about, he is saying, get ready for a fourfold increase in the gold market. And he's saying, that's precisely what I think is going to happen. That's his quote. He's insinuating it's over a period of a 10-year period, but he doesn't specifically say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but he says what drives the price of gold more than anything else? Central banks and people not maintaining the purchasing power in gold, not uh, maintaining the purchasing power in conventional savings instruments. There's nothing that we should worry more than saving uh, on interest rates and are insufficient to keeping pace with inflation. So in other words, he's depicting exactly what we've been talking about. Things are going to get higher in the price of gold, he's saying. And so that would be gold around $8,000. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's just insane to think about. I said on your program a few years ago, in the next 10 years, five to $7,000 gold would be a norm. Uh, so I think we're still in my range. Mm-hmm. If we go to his, that just means we have more detrimental right, problems right. for our country. This is why you got to diversify. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. Put a portion to seven, a portion to eight, because you do not know a tragedy may befall you. Call my company and learn and get a packet and get the white papers and get some education wisdom. Yeah, that's what, that's right. That's, that, the people perish for lack of knowledge, and you have to get yourself uh, to a point of understanding. And and that's not easy, but you know this is something that... It uh, didn't take me a whole long time once we started talking way back in 2016, David, and uh, to, to begin to understand. Uh, and then I'm a word picture guy. That's I, I'm a whiteboard kind of person. I'm like, okay, if you got all your stocks and stuff up here and the winds are blowing in a terrible way, what's underneath your boat, the opposite ends of the teeter-totter, whatever the case may be. I've, I've used all those word pictures over the years. And, and once I understood diversification, I'm like, okay. Uh, then you got to have some stuff that's outside of that. And as things are wild in the markets and in banking and in the Fed and everything, do you have anything that uh, is not affected the same way? That that uh, it's like, do you throw your, your big sail up in the middle of a storm? No, you need to pull that down. What kind of ballast do you have under the boat? <clears throat> and that's where diversification matters. And so, and like you say this pretty much every week, you're not an anti-stock person. You're a diversity person. A diversity of holdings and that, but that takes education and so in terms of like the, the coming bail-in the white paper on that the good the bad and the ugly which we did a, a, a most of a show on earlier this year uh, what's the best way for people just to get a hold of those resources plus just talking to you guys yeah and we have representatives here that can give you answers to the questions that you might have and there's no obligation but do the old-fashioned way give us a call 844-604-2575 i know that you're grabbing your pen right now so i'll say it again 844-604-2575 or landmarkgold.com. 844-604-2575 is what David just said. 
604-257-5. The, the uh, website, as always, landmark.com. David, thank you so much for your time. I know it's valuable, and we appreciate all the help and the wisdom you bring. We look forward to talking to you again next Monday. Thank you for having me, my brother. You're welcome. Of course, hold on there. We'll pray together here in just a second. Which, by the way, for those of you on the radio, if you jump over on Facebook Live or Rumble, we always have a moment of prayer together at the end of the show. We'd love to have you join us there. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you guys again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, here with David Fisher today from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com. It's his website, as always, LandmarkGold.com, doing a full Money Monday, talking about some of these uh, ridiculous spending going on in D.C. This, this, what we're talking about right now, and then we're going to talk about the latest in uh, gold and silver markets and what's happening there relative to the broader market. Uh, but this isn't so much about uh, the here and the now in terms of the amount of money going into these grants and these contracts. Uh, with countries like Russia and China. It's the fact that we do it at all. But over the course of time, 10, 20, 30 years, all these, a billion here and a billion there, that adds up. And the next thing you know, we're 31, about $31.5 trillion in debt. And it really was, as you mentioned earlier, David, kind of the frog in the pot. And this, But it has sped up massively since the Bush 43 administration. That's where you get a hockey, a hockey, a hockey stick graph where the amount of federal debt is just skyrocketing. It just takes a, it looks like a SpaceX rocket. It's just going yeah. along and then it goes straight up, which is exactly what's going on. But you had some, some specifics here. I think this was representative uh, Joni Ernst that was finding this, but just to give us an idea of how ridiculous this is, what, what are some of these details? So yeah. And also that chart that you're referring to, I have that chart in my white paper called the coming bail and it talks mm-hmm. about the debt that's yeah. balloon. So if you call my company and get the, the um, the white paper you'll see the chart that Steve is referring to. Yeah, the coming um, bail. So, yeah, the coming bail-in. So Joni Ernst, a Republican, and open the books, a independent watchdog on the government, found one point three billion dollars. Four hundred ninety was in U.S. grants paid to the Chinese, and eight hundred and seventy million paid to the Russian entities. I'm not going to go through every penny, but here's some of the nonsense. Uh, hundred thousand dollars might not seem much. Hundred thousand dollars, a lot of money to you and I. Sure. But this was paid to a Chinese organization out of Beijing under the State Department grant. So in other words, it doesn't come directly to this organization. It's funneled through this all these series of organizations. Yeah. But when you finally track the, the crumbs, you see where the end of the trail is. The end of the trail is there's a New York magazine that does cartoons, and it's a gender quality equality magazine. This is in China. And in 2021, they uh, increased awareness for gender equality and women empowerment through an exhibition of works by women cartoonists in the called the New Yorker magazine in China. So there was one hundred thousand dollars given to that fifty one point six million dollars in a grant, the Department of Defense uh, Defense, which resulted in a six million dollar funding to China, a tech firm for the providing money for the deployment distribution command of software for the U.S. military. <laughs> so we wonder what all they have to do is put, you know, spyware in there. And then <laughs> right. see how ridiculous China this is. China providing software to the U.S. military. Right. No yes. problem. 
we have this there's this debate over food lunches here in the United States and there's the Chinese food producer was awarded 1.6 million dollar by the Department of Agriculture for a national school lunch program China got paid that money in not China. United States companies <laughs> 4.2 million dollars in addition from health human services program at the government under that program $770,000 was paid to a institution in St. Petersburg, Russia called the Pavla Institution which is a state run lab to experiment cats running on treadmills. Mm, I mean that, I'm glad need... I'm glad you brought that up David because we don't have enough information and data. <laughs> From cats running on treadmills, especially Russian cats. I mean, that, that has to have an influence on what's happening in Ukraine. Yes. Speaking of Ukraine, oh, the federal sure. government wired $4.7 million to a Russian company for health insurance. We bought health insurance for the Russians. The company is called the PAO, and I can't pronounce the last name. Yeah. It's a very long story with it. Rogosikroch or something like that. It's an insurance company that was sanctioned by the Treasury Department amid the Korean invasion in 2022. We funneled $4.7 million there. And also we granted $1.45 million to a grant in Russia for COVID pandemic Excellent. virus tracking. So there's more to it. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah, sickening yeah, that... that we just keep talking about it. $1.3 billion. And that's just the, t the iceberg oh, yeah, according yeah. To the general accounting office. Yeah, and that stuff going to our enemies, not to mention uh, all the wasted money that happens with pork barrel spending uh, all over this country and all 50 states from uh, both sides of the aisle. They're all earmarking stuff all the time. It's really disgusting. Uh, let's switch. Let's set that aside just so we can breathe and, and go to gold and silver. What's going on uh, in, the, in the latest news with gold and silver markets? So obviously there's a financial problem happening and uh, Ray Dallow, he's a billionaire hedge mm -hmm. fund manager. I've quoted him before. Yep. He chimed in on this whole debt ceiling and he's advocating you got to diversify into gold. He is saying that there's no way we're going to get out of this now. And if when you look at, and he's a guy who studies history and currencies, that's his forte. That's he shifted from being a fund manager to now he's getting the word out. He has multiple videos saying we're headed towards a financial calamity. And he came out and he says, how all reserve coin, all reserve currencies end. They end because the their debt is unmanageable, yeah. and they're ignoring this problem. And he says our country is right here, right now. Central banks now are buying the most amount of gold. I've said this report before. It also came out again. Another report that's saying the highest they've been buying ever since the 1950s. Wow. Doug Rumshaw, he's not a gold guy who owns a gold company. He's just an analyst. And he's he's talking about the outlook on gold in an interview. He says, now we got inflation. Why isn't gold moving? Rumshaw was asked this. And his answer was, it's the strength of the U.S. dollar is a significant headwind right now for gold. But that's the last remaining headwind. Mm -hmm. He says, I think 2023 offers far brighter outlook for gold than 2022. Gold went up 20%, 19 point something percent, 19.6% wow. in, in last year. And he's saying the movement in gold is going to be better this year. We're up 6.8%. So he's expecting a bigger move at the end of this year. And I'll quote the ending, the last quote, a guy named Rick Rule. I've quoted him before. He's a former CEO of Sprout Holdings. He's founder of Rick Rule Media Investments. 
so in other words, he is a researcher on here's what he thinks is going to happen. The topic of gold, he says, quote, it's important to consider how far gold can go now. On May 10th, he said, due to the negative real interest rates, quantitative easing that's going to get ready to happen, debt and, de and deficits that are happening, all the things we talked about, he's saying, get ready for a fourfold increase in the gold market. And he's saying that's a, precisely what I think is going to happen. That's his quote. He's insinuating it's over a period of a 10-year period, but he doesn't specifically say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but he says what drives the price of gold more than anything else? Central banks and people not maintaining the purchasing power in gold not maintaining the purchasing power in conventional savings instruments. There's nothing that we should worry more than saving uh, on interest rates and are insufficient to keeping pace with inflation. So in other words, he's depicting exactly what we've been talking about. Things are going to get higher in the price of gold, he's saying. And they're, so that would be gold around $8,000. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's just insane to think about. I said on your program a few years ago, in the next 10 years, Five to seven thousand dollar gold would be a norm. Uh, so I think we're still in my range. Mm -hmm. If we go to his, that just means we have more detrimental right, problems right. for our country. This is why you got to diversify. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. Put a portion to seven, a portion to eight, because you do not know a tragedy may befall you. Call my company and learn and get a packet and get the white papers and get some education wisdom. Yeah, that's what that's right. You have to, the people perish for lack of knowledge, and you have to get yourself. Uh, to a point of understanding, and and that's not easy, but, you know, this is something that uh, didn't take me a whole long time once we started talking way back in 2016, David, and uh, to to begin to understand. Uh, and then I'm a word picture guy that's like, I'm a whiteboard kind of person. I'm like, okay, if you got all your stocks and stuff up here and the winds are blowing in a terrible way, what's underneath your boat, the opposite ends of the teeter-totter, whatever the case may be. I've, I've used all those word pictures over the years. And, and once I understood diversification, I'm like, okay, uh, then you got to have some stuff that's outside of that. And as things are wild in the markets and in banking and in the Fed and everything, do you have anything that uh, is not affected the same way? That that it's like, do you throw your big sail up in the middle of a storm? No, you need to pull that down. What kind of ballast do you have under the boat? <clears throat> and that's where diversification matters. And so, and like you say this pretty much every week, you're not an anti-stock person. You're a diversity person, a diversity of holdings. And that, but that takes education. And so in terms of like the, the coming bail-in, the white paper on that, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which we did a, a, a most of a show on earlier this year, uh, what's the best way for people just to get a hold of those resources, plus just talking to you guys? Yeah, and we have representatives here that can give you answers to the questions that you might have, and there's no obligation. Do the old-fashioned way. Give us a call, 844-604-2575. I know that you're grabbing your pen right now, so I'll say it again. 844-604-2575 or landmarkgold.com. 844-604-2575 is what David just said. 844-604-2575, the, the uh, website, as always, Landmark. Com. David, thank you so much for your time. I know it's valuable, and we appreciate all the help and the wisdom you bring. We look forward to talking to you again next Monday. Thank you for having me, my brother. You're welcome. Of course, hold on there. We'll pray together here in just a second. Which, by the way, for those of you on the radio, if you jump over on Facebook Live or Rumble, we always have a moment of prayer together at the end of the show. We'd love to have you join us there. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you guys again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.
work.